welcome to the Ethnos New Brunswick podcast. We're so glad you're joining us. Ethnos is a new organization looking to join in the holistic, community-transforming work happening in Highland Park and New Brunswick. Part of that includes thinking about the spiritual health and vitality of our community. Each week, our gathering is meant to give our community a safe and helpful place for them. Today's episode, God's Spirit, is the third in our series called DNA, What Defines Us, with the conversation being led by Speaker Yukon Chu. In any case, this engagement now with the teachings of Jesus. As I mentioned when we first started, we believe that spirituality is something very important, and we believe that the teachings of Jesus are a very important source for us to find guidance and help with our spiritual journey. We believe here at Ethos that spiritual ideas and truth can be found in all sorts of different places, but there's something unique about who Jesus was, who he is, and what he's done for us that compel us to focus in on his teaching. We are uh, in a series called DNA. Uh, This is a series of talks and discussions we've decided to embark on at the beginning of the year to help us think through what it is that really defines us, what it is that defines us specifically at ethnos here, but hopefully you will find and I will find that through this discussion that that it isn't just about what defines us as a community, but what might define us personally, individually, so that we could engage better with this holistic transformation that we always talk about here. We've had two discussions in this series so far, and today is our third. And to get us started, as we usually do, I want to get us started with a question, just so we can get our minds going with the topic at hand. Uh, The question is a relatively straightforward question. Uh, If we could get it on the screen. It has two parts that I want you to think about. You can pick one or the other. But the question goes like this. When we are in a moment of need, whether it be physical, emotional, spiritual, whatever it is, how do we get through that moment of need? Or, to put it on the other end of the spectrum, when we're in a moment of inspiration, when we're in a moment where we're like ready to accomplish something, we have a goal, we have a vision, how do we go about accomplishing that goal or vision? If you could turn to your neighbor, and for the next two minutes, just process this question aloud and think through how you go about, essentially, the challenging moments of life and also the inspiring moments of life. How do you go about those moments? Let's talk through that. All right, so, you know, there are no right or wrong answers in in a sense, right? So please please don't feel like you have to share an answer that is, quote-unquote, a right answer uh, with the rest of the group. But we are curious what, uh, what you're thinking. So let's open it up. Who wants to share with us what they are processing as we ask these questions? Anybody interested in sharing with the rest of the group what you're thinking through? Yeah. Since I'm already here, might as well commit today. So um, I, I think we were, we were discussing that, uh, actually all of us were stating that we were having trouble at least once in our lives um, addressing issues. We kind of like took it upon ourselves. So. Um, Some of us said that uh, we learned how to talk about it with other friends or colleagues. Um, Some people say that they just sleep it out or or just keep it in until it just weighs less upon us. So um, I think that, and we also said that we were 
we have we struggle asking for help. So um, we were giving suggestions around the table of like either going to yoga or seeing a therapist or being able to find people that we feel comfortable with talking to, or even if it's just ourselves. So um, those are our suggestions. Those are we we identified issues that we have and have to work on. So here we go. Yeah. Thank you, Brian. Let's give it up for Brian. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. What else? What else did you talk about in your your pair in your grouping? I personally just kind of love listening to music. So if it's anything or whatever it is, you just grab a pair of headphones and put them on and just like ignore the rest. Even if it's like you're with a group of people, I just like plugging in my headphones and forgetting that everything is happening. So yeah. Let's get it for Jenny. Yeah, yeah. How many of us do that? How many of us are like music people? We just kind of put on headphones and yeah, that's, that's how we solve our life's problems and issues. I, I love that. That's great. I think there's a song for everything, too, right? So I'm sure we can, yeah. yeah. Who else? Yeah, over here. Uh, I think so one thing that we hit on is the fact that it's sometimes easier to deal with a vision than it is to deal with a need. Um, especially, like, personally for me, I tend to languish a little bit in my neediness and not reach out to others. But with a vision, I think there's maybe some more positive energy behind it, so we're more inspired to go out and reach out to other people and we know we're a little bit more sure of what we need in that, those situations. Yeah, that's a good point. Let's give it up for Tim. Thank you, Tim, for sharing that. Yeah. What else? Anyone else want to just process with us here? Tony? All right, so obviously we're in a moment here or in a space where we're trying to think through the spiritual well-being of our own lives and our, our community. So you might figure that yeah, an answer we would give is something related to God or spirituality, right? Right, kind of think that, right? How many of you, I'm just curious, thought of that in your discussion or discussed that aspect? Yeah, okay, some of us, right? Okay, yeah. Um, I'm glad some of you didn't because, because we do want to emphasize that while spirituality is important, like we said, uh, we are holistic people and there are other aspects of trying to figure out life, other aspects of help and restoration and, and all those sorts of things that are important. So I'm glad we had things like music, talking to others. Uh, those are all really important. But for our time here today, I am going to focus in on the quote-unquote spiritual aspect of how we might answer this question. Now, again, many of us might be thinking, well, yeah, that's kind of a given, but my hope is that we'll be able to go through some of the nuances here this morning and think through how spirituality and tapping into the resources God has for us might actually be relevant and helpful really for every aspect of our lives, okay? So I don't want you to like compartmentalize in your mind, oh, okay, this is, yeah, we're in a spiritual place, so we're going to just talk about the spiritual thing, but really this is how I'm going to get through it when I actually face some trouble. No, no, I want you to actually think through how this might be relevant to what you're actually going through, regardless of what aspect of your life it is, okay? Do, am I making sense? Does that make sense? Okay. So here's the deal. Today what we're going to emphasize is how God actually, God himself, specifically God's spirit, is the source of power, the source of livelihood, the source of everything we need 
in order to tackle the ups and downs of life. God's spirit is the source for our well-being. What do we actually mean by that? And and how might we tap into, quote-unquote, God's spirit? Again, some of you are new to the spiritual journey or haven't really talked about it out loud. And when we say God's spirit, you're thinking like, whoa, are we talking like, Phantoms, or you know, what what do we exactly mean? I just I just introduced my kids, by the way, to uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones. Um, you know, at me as a Gen Xer, I thought it was important that I teach my kids, you know, how how movies really got to where they got to. So we had to watch Indiana Jones, and uh, they were like totally not impressed, right? Just like <laughs> it was terrible, right? A film come out in 1981, you know, what big deal? Uh, but there's that funny scene if you've ever seen the movie where. Uh, they peer into this supposed, um, they, they peer into this, this uh, religious artifact uh, that supposedly has something related to God, and, and they open it up, and all these, like, like Casper-like ghosts, like, fly around, right? Um, that's not what we're talking about here today, okay? <laughs> Let me just make it clear. Uh, but we are talking about something that's supposed to be really relevant to us. So how, how do we make sense of this? Well, If you can take a look at your tables here today, we have our scripture excerpt from the scriptures of Jesus that we're going to look at. Uh, It's an excerpt from an early Jesus follower by the name of Paul who helped establish the the movement of Jesus. And as he established the movement of Jesus, he was looking to expand the movement to Rome and beyond into Spain, right? The Jesus movement starts in the Middle East, and it expands very quickly from there. And so this man named Paul writes a letter to the city of Rome and to the Jesus-following people in the city of Rome. And as he does that, he kind of explains his understanding of what God is like, what Jesus is like, what Jesus has done for us, and what God's spirit is like as well. And so in this excerpt, we probably have one of the densest uh, teachings on God's spirit and what God's spirit actually is there for and what God's spirit does for us. And so that's what we're going to take a look at here today, okay? As we get into this letter, uh, this this excerpt, it's written, you know, some 2,000 years ago. So there's a lot we have to understand before we jump into it. But let me just kind of paint a quick picture of what's what he's about to, uh, what he's trying to explain as we jump into this. We are jumping into like chapter 8, which is, um, you know, far into the letter. But what he's trying to do is he's trying to explain to us how it is we actually live out what God wants us to live out. Meaning, not necessarily like the do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that, although that's a part of it. But God, remember, the God that Jesus came here to teach us about, This God is full of life. He's full of good and compassion and love. And the vision of life that this God wants to give us is something full of that sort of joy and compassion and life. Now, if you and I can just get in touch with our own lives really quick, we know that our life doesn't always feel that great. We may have a vision of what the good life is, but we don't get there all the time. In fact, many, many a time, perhaps, we feel like, why do I always feel like I'm not living a thriving sort of life? And so this person, Paul, will tell us, well, this is how it's going to work if you want to live that sort of life with God. 
you used to live a life without God, meaning you lived in this realm of living without God, and he's going to call that the realm of the flesh, meaning the realm of, you could think of your body, just the realm of flesh. It was, a, it was a realm without God. But if you've come to God through Jesus, you now live in a different realm. That's called the realm of the spirit. And in order for us to live thoroughly well in this realm of the spirit, you have to understand what the spirit is actually there for. God's spirit is there for, okay? So that's the backdrop. Let's jump into this so you can understand uh, what's going on. We're going to look at three specific things as we look at this excerpt. And so from the top, he says this, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit, what I just explained, right? If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the Spirit who lives in you. Now let's take a pause there and just make sure we understand what's going on. In this first paragraph, what Paul is saying is pretty radical, if you follow his train of thought, if you follow, you know, what he's saying. He says, basically, that if you somehow have given your life to Jesus, if Christ is in you, if you've kind of accepted Christ's work in your life, guess what? The Spirit of God lives in you. And not only does the Spirit of God live in you, this Spirit has power for you to live well. Notice what he emphasizes about the Spirit of God that lives in you. This is the Spirit. If you look at this first paragraph, the Spirit, this is the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. That same Spirit lives in you. Now, just think about this. I don't know when the last time was when you saw someone who is dead, okay? Um, perhaps some of you have been by the hospital side, and let me, let me just get a picture. We're not going to put anything gruesome, but can we get that first picture? I'm sure some of you have been in this situation, right? You've been next to a hospital dead with someone who is on their last leg. Uh, if you haven't, you probably will sometime in your life. And just kind of just sit in that moment if you can, think of, and think this through. You know, the central belief of the Jesus movement is that there was a man named Jesus who died for the sins of the world, but he was also resurrected, okay? Now, just think about that. Think about how impossible resurrection seems when you're in this moment of death. Somehow, Jesus resurrected, not just like barely resurrected, right? He didn't just kind of like come out like a zombie and like was just kind of just walking around barely alive. No, he resurrected fully. If you read the accounts uh, in, recorded in the Gospels and the biographies, he resurrected fully. And this excerpt here today is saying that that same spirit of God that resurrected Jesus from the dead actually lives in you and I if we've given our life over to Jesus. 
Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty revolutionary to me. I mean, that sounds like, first of all, it sounds crazy. But if this is true, this is revolutionary. Take a look at the second paragraph. Not only is this spirit with this sort of power living in us, but again, this spirit that is living in us is there to help us live the full life of God. It's there to help us experience the full life that Jesus has for us. Notice the second paragraph. It says this, therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. If this is true, we have an obligation. But it is not to the flesh to live according to it. Meaning, it's not to live in this realm that you used to live in. This realm without God. This realm where you just kind of did things on your own. Or maybe you didn't have that much purpose or drive. Or you, you just weren't aware of the bigger purposes and picture of life. That's not what we have an obligation to. For if you live according to that realm, according to the flesh, you will die. But... If by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Now, this is an interesting way to talk about certain things. Why does he all of a sudden get into this kind of uh, morbid imagery, perhaps, and talk about putting to death misdeeds of our body? He seems to zero in on something very specific. Well, here's the deal. I think this is what he's talking about. If you've ever tried to live the vision of life God has given you to live, you know that there are things that get in the way, not externally, but internally. You know how it is, right? God, you feel like God has called you to love somebody or forgive somebody, and you know deep in your mind you hate that person so much. <laughs> deep in your mind, you're like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this, right? Or you feel like God is asking you to, Clean up some habit of yours, right? Uh, many of you know my story. I was a sex addict for a long time. And to clean up that habit, let me tell you how many hundreds of times I fell back into that addiction. You know if there's a vision of life you're supposed to live, you know that it is impossible to get there on your own. It just is. And so he's saying here, the Spirit of God, this Spirit of God is there to help you put to death, to kill off those stupid things that get in the way. This is pretty amazing. But not only that, notice what he says. The Spirit of God isn't just there to empower us to live this out, but the, it's also, the Spirit of God is also there to remind us of some real basic truths that you and I need to embrace if we're going to live this full life that God wants us to live. Notice the third paragraph. It says this, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought, brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now let's just pause there again. Now think through this. What he's beginning to tell us about this life that God has for us. It's not just a life that is full of power to do the right thing, to live out the right vision that God is inviting us to live out. But second of all, this God has given us the spirit so that we can know that we're loved. 
as we walk through this journey of life to live out this vision. This spirit is the one that gets involved with the picture here, right, is our adoption into God's family. And this spirit, somehow it says, it testifies with our spirit. It somehow tells us, reminds our own human spirit that we are children of God, that we're loved by God, that we're part of a new family. Now, just think about this really quick. I don't know how many times a week, and I'm just being honest, how many times a week as a pastor, as someone who helps people with their spiritual journeys, that I end up in conversations where people talk about the different voices in their minds, their hearts. The voices that try to define us and tell us who we are or aren't, right? You know, we don't have to do a show of hands here, but I would guess that all of us here in this room have a lot of voices going off in our minds right now, telling us you're worth this or you're not worth this. You're this person or you're not that person. You're valuable for this reason or you're not valuable for that reason, right? Isn't it interesting that this excerpt is telling us that God has given us his spirit to tell us something inside ourselves, specifically that we are loved children of God. As I think about this series that we're in, right, this series DNA, what, what defines us? Here at Ethnos, why is it that, uh, what, why is it that we would want to make sure we understand the Spirit of God and know that the Spirit of God is in our lives? One of the reasons why we need to know this is because as we try to help people spiritually in the, our city, but also as we try to help ourselves, we are going to face a lot of voices. And your neighbor, my neighbor, your friend in the city, my friend in the city, they need to know they're loved. But not only they need to know that, I need to know that. You need to know that. We need to know that right here in this room today. That we are the loved children of God. Last point, and then we'll turn it back to our tables for some discussion. As we read through this very fascinating chapter, uh, we're going to skip a couple paragraphs, and we're going to go to um, the very last paragraph. What he does, again, he's, he's kind of telling us about the spirit of God that lives in us, right? And he's going to go through a couple of things we're going to skip over. But at the end, he says this in the, in the paragraph. He says this, in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. What it's trying to say there is God's Spirit helps us and cries out to us, cries out for us somehow to God. when We don't know what else to pray, how to think through this dilemma in life. God's spirit is somehow there with us. He's living in us, and he's somehow praying on our behalf so that God himself will come and act in our lives. Again, here's the deal. Why are we focused in on 
God's Spirit today. Here at Ethnos, we believe we are here for the holistic well-being, the holistic transformation of our city. This can happen through doing things, getting involved in a number of the initiatives we talked about here. But it can only happen if God's spirit is underneath it all, empowering us, telling us about the source of true love and true worth. It can only happen if God's spirit is underneath it all, actually giving us the prayers or even praying on our behalf for the brokenness we see in our city. God's spirit is the source of all that we are trying to accomplish. He has to be, else we'll be missing it. Now, how do we tap into that practically? We're going to talk about that after the table discussion, okay? So take a quick moment with your table partners and process what, you've, what we've just heard. Process what we're, we're thinking through uh, so far. Do you agree with what's been said? Do you not agree? Two minutes, process, and then we'll come back for some final thoughts and application. So one of the implications of this, of course, is, again, taking a step back. We're in a series talking about what defines us as a community here at Ethnos and what we hope might define each, as a, each of us individually. If we are under the impression, under the belief here that, you know what, God's spirit is the one that empowers us to live God's life, the, the vision of life he has. God's spirit is the, one that can, is the one that convinces us that we're loved children of God. And God's spirit is the one that helps us in our moment of, of need. If, if this is true, if this is what we're convinced of, the implications are very radical, right? Number one, one implication is that that means nothing can be forced, right? If God's spirit is the one behind this, the spiritual life that we're talking about, nothing can be forced. And that's, that's actually really important for us to understand here at Ethnos, right? And I think many of us like Ethnos because of this. Uh, we like Ethnos because Ethnos doesn't try to force spirituality or religion down anyone's throat here on a Sunday or also outside in our community. We join in the holistic transformation, I think, in a very gracious and uh, loving and humble sort of way without forcing things. And the reason we do that is because, yeah, if this is true, then that's, that's the natural byproduct, right? God's spirit is the one that convinces somebody they're loved. I, I can't do that. I can't go out there and convince people they're loved. I mean, God's spirit does. But the other thing, the other, on the other side of the coin, and this is where we get practical, well, what can we do, right? I think the answer is what we can and need to do is develop that spiritual sensitivity to God and his spirit through this great tradition and great spiritual habit that's been with us through the ages, this great habit called prayer. Right? This is why we talk about prayer all the time. Prayer is not just, you know, giving God a wish list. Uh, prayer isn't just going through religious activity to make us feel better. Prayer, at the heart of it, is trying to get in touch with God's spirit. And specifically trying to get in touch with God's spirit in regards to the three things we've talked about this morning. 
And so on a very practical note, I want to encourage us to pray specifically these prayers that are on your sheets here this morning. They're on the bottom. And what I want to challenge us to this morning is to think through the talking points we've had here this morning and ask yourself, number one, you know, do one of the talking points relate to me right now, where I am? Perhaps, perhaps as, as we've been processing here today, you realize, you know what, this whole thing about getting God's power to live God's life, that really applies to me because as I think about it right now, I'm facing a lot of barriers that I just can't seem to get over. Those habits or those, 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 those people <laughs> or the, the feelings I have towards those people, God's calling me to love, but I, why can't I just do it? You're, maybe a prayer for you today is for God's spirit to give you the power that's there already for you. You just need to get in touch with it, be attuned to it. Or perhaps you're thinking through this issue of knowing that you're a loved child of God. I mean, we talked about those voices in your head, right? Maybe you have like 20 voices telling you who you are or aren't, and that voice that God, the voice of God that he's trying to say, no, you're a beloved child. Maybe that's a prayer that you need to pray for yourself here today. But don't make this just about you. Make it about someone you know as well in our city, someone in your circle of friends. And make it about our wider community too. And so can I encourage us to take this and pray? And here's the deal. As you pray, you can pray here today. I'll tell you, give you some instructions how, on how to pray. But take this home and pray as well. As you pray, what you want to do is just begin to be sensitive to how God might answer the prayer. So, for example, this might happen, and this, this happens to me a lot of times, right? Like, I'll pray a prayer, one of these prayers, and I'll, um, uh, you know, my various temptations and vices, right? I'll pray a prayer, God help me, right? And then in that moment, the next time I face a temptation or a vice, all of a sudden I, I'll realize that my mind is slightly clearer than it was before praying that prayer. And because my mind is clear, I'll be able to assess the situation a little clearer and realize, oh, I don't have to do this right now, Yukon. Maybe I shouldn't. That's how it works. God is eager to answer these prayers. He's eager to give us his spirit to help us in these ways. As we pray these prayers, we just need to become more sensitive. And as, as those moments come, then, then we pray those prayers in that moment, too. God, help me through this now. Holy Spirit, help me through this now, this moment of temptation or whatever it may be. Can you join me in a final word of prayer? God, if you are truly there, if you are the one that is truly inviting us to a new way of living, a new vision of life, and if the scripture is true here today that we've read, that it is your spirit that enable us, enables us to live that, your spirit that enables us to know that we're loved, your spirit that helps us in our moments of greatest need. 
then, Spirit of God, we ask you today and we ask you this week to make your presence known in our lives, to enter into those spaces in our lives where we need greater clarity, where we need greater power, where we need that voice to tell us the truth about ourselves and about you. Thank you that you are ready, readily available to us. Would you again open us up to see you at work? Thank you for this time. Pray all these through Jesus, who's made it possible. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for today's conversation. If you want to know more about Ethnos New Brunswick, please visit us at ethnosmb.com.